the desire to create and the inherent, you know, musical strength of the African people, of the slave people at that time, they started, frankly, beating on anything they could think of. And they came from, you know, biscuit tins and small caustic barrels that they would just strike with a, a wooden stick and eventually create one or two kind of discernible pitches. Um, by the 1920s, they, were, they had a four-note instrument called the ping-pong, which was, again, four not real specific pitches. Um, and through, you know, 1920 through World War II, they developed incredibly rapidly. And, you know, at the end of the 40s and into the 50s, there ended up being a full four, five, six-voice orchestra of completely chromatically tuned pitched instruments. Illinois-based Mike Schwepke is our guest today. He is a virtuoso on percussion instruments, an educator, a performer, and recording artist. Mike is here to talk about his passion, the steel pan. The sound of the steel pan is associated most with Caribbean music and Jimmy Buffett. The modern version is made from 55-gallon industrial drums, and Mike Schwepke is among one of the pioneers. tell me a little bit about yourself that would be wonderful yeah i'm a a steel pan musician i play the soprano steel pan which is a instrument of caribbean origin and i play everything i can possibly play on the steel pan my life's mission is to continually grow the breadth of what is possible on the instrument so i play everything from jazz to african music to eastern european music to classical music to new contemporary art classical music that I commissioned composers to write for me, and of course a little bit of Caribbean music here and there too. So did you start out on that instrument, or did you go all through school studying percussion and you play the whole salad bar? Or Actually, I did start on the steel pan. I first learned the bass steel pan when I was 10 years old, and from there moved into playing drum set and marimba and concert percussion and uh, steel pan has just always been the musical constant for me everything i do comes right back to it you know that's interesting i don't know if i've met anybody that started out playing that instrument yeah i think i'm pretty unique as far as americans go that started on the steel pan i know a bunch of people in trinidad that only play steel pan but I I don't think there are very many that started on it here. (laughs) What was your influence? What got you started on that? Well, you know, as they say uh, at age 10, I did what my mom signed me up to do. Um, My parents were were boaters in the 90s and Jimmy Buffett fans, parrot heads. Mm -hmm. And the community college near our home offered a youth steel band. And my mom thought, oh, well, that sounds cool. And I thought, oh, yeah, okay, that sounds fun. It's now Saturday mornings in the summer. And she signed me up, and, you know, the rest is history. 
and that's I always tell that kind of tongue in cheek because you know Jimmy Buffett prop rock style music is so far away from what I typically do. But uh, Robbie Greenwich, the steel pan player for Buffett, is an incredible, incredible musician. You know, perfect pitch, amazing jazz vocabulary, arranger for the steel band competition in Trinidad. You know, just an incredible musician. So it's it's cool to see how those those things can all kind of evolve and devolve together to create you know new art all the time. You know, it is. It's funny you would bring up Jimmy Buffett. I was going to, but I thought you know I'd sound naive or something, and. Uh... I've had people talk uh, on this show about Jimmy Buffett, about touring with him as another band, you know, not actually being in his band. But I've heard nothing but amazingly good things about the guy. And you'd think, wow, he's just this party guy or something like that. And he does bring that element to to the whole thing. That's his show, really. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of cool to hear. He's got some top-notch musicians with him. Yeah, his whole his whole rhythm section forever was just amazing, and they actually uh, Michael Utley, Ralph McDonald, and Robbie Greenwich put out some records in the '90s, I think, called Club Trini, and it was all you know very Caribbean influenced music. Ralph McDonald and Robbie both being from Trinidad, and they uh, they they are they're just incredible musicians. You know, it just so happens their day job was Buffett stuff, which you know has been filling stadiums since you know, the late eighties or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, but there, there really is so much incredible musicianship there. No matter how you feel about, you know, the trop rock style of music. Yeah. That's cool to hear. Tell me about outcry. It's a 10 minute piece and it's got some crazy solos on it. What do you do on that? Uh, outcry is an original composition by a friend of mine named Mark Nelson. who's a jazz pianist in Chicago and what he did is he wrote three unique lines of music uh, in kind of a jazz form with a little bit of a unique twist on jazz harmony. And we took that chart and distributed it amongst the horn section and rhythm section of my band, Kara Jazz, and put a little salsa twist in, in the drum set and percussion and a little jazz twist in the harmony. And it just ended up being a really, really cool, funky, Latin rockin' tune. Um, on that tune, I play the second line of the melody, not the main one. The trumpet and saxophone alternate between the other two. Uh, the bass and drums actually follow a, a written part with the hits if you're here in the second part of the head. And then all of the players, all the melodic players solo on the chart. Um, Dave Katz plays trumpet on that, and his solo is just incredible. Uh, I believe... I'm, I'm, let's see. I think Aaron Ripsky. There's also a saxophone solo on that and keyboard solo on that. Um, it was just a really, really fun chart and a piece of original music. Uh, that band played a lot of kind of older Caribbean music and some older jazz that we just rearranged and put our fun little spin on. And it was cool to play an original piece that we really got to develop together as a group.
So did you that do that in one take, or it's uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, that that's actually a live recording. Oh, that's one take. <laughs> that's one take. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Why don't we talk about um, Cook Pot? By it's the band's called Paco. Yeah, Paco is a uh, a drummer from Ghana, who is also a composer and bass player and just another all-around incredible musician. He came to the United States, I want to say, eight or ten years ago, has played with a number of bands. He's primarily a drum set player and singer. That's what, he's, you know, that's what he does on that album. And um, he writes these really cool, very, very funk and pop and high-life-influenced tunes that have such a strong African root to them that it's just incredibly engaging music to play. Um, his band currently has uh, Brad Good playing lead trumpet, um, Joel Tim on uh, trombone, Johnny Cohen plays guitar with him. Uh, it, it's a really, really killer band. I've only had the pleasure of playing with them live a handful of times, but I got really lucky and got the opportunity to play on the last record. And Cook Pot is the title track. And it represents a lot of the things that happen in that in that record. Uh, the horn solo on that track is just incredible, too. Yeah. Wow, it's great production. I, I really enjoy listening to it. You know, we don't... Yeah, and... Go ahead. That uh, Mighty, Mighty Fine Productions recorded it in Denver, and they they put together an incredible sound package that went with music that was already incredible. And, you know, they did... They did the live music justice in tracking those records, for sure.
said, my whole musical goal is to expand what people perceive as possible on the steel pan instrument. You know, I, I've got a YouTube channel that has a bunch of classical music pieces that have been written for me. Um, youtube.com slash webkey music. My website shows a huge variety of different work that I've done. I did a project last weekend in LA where we recorded uh, Rush covers oh, with, wow. uh, an, uh, with an LA rhythm section with Mike Portnoy was playing drums and uh, you know, which is significant for anyone who follows drummers. You know, Mike Portnoy's yeah, kind of the guy. He was the drummer in Dream Theater and is really, really well known. Um, so that's really the biggest part of, of my mission is making sure that people understand that the steel pen is not just an instrument of calypso, but an instrument of, of the world. It is a contemporary instrument that is capable of doing whatever we set our minds to, you know. That's the coolest thing you can do. You know, in our lifetime, um, probably more global music has existed in that, you know, everybody can interact with each other more more than any time in history what are your thoughts on that yeah absolutely i mean i've uh i played in trinidad in 2015 they have a, a national student competition every year and it's a it's a huge tradition they they take a pop song in trinidad a calypso or a soca tune and they arrange it for 120 steel pan players and they do it in kind of a classical form where they play the melody and then they develop it and it gets really intense and really fast and really technical. Um, but because of modern technology and because of our connections, you know, and the ease of access connecting with people, I was able to get the music in advance, learn the chart, go down and rehearse for a week and then play in the competition. And since then I've been able to keep in touch with all these incredible musicians that I met there and share my music and check out the new projects that they're working on. Um, and that's really, really an incredible experience. And, you know, Paco's music is a great example of global music. It's influenced by so many things and so many identifiable things. You know, he was famous as just a high life drummer in Ghana, which is you know, their popular music style. And, he toured with jazz musicians in the United States and that little bit of jazz vocabulary found its way into his compositions. And then he started playing funk and that found its way into his compositions. And then he started trying to deliberately combine stuff and that created kind of a whole new magical thing. And, you know, we're really lucky in our contemporary day and age to be able to do stuff like that and to be able to connect with you. He is a great example. You know, I read, I read your bio and read your story and I think it's really cool that, you know, you've circled back to music as kind of your foundation and your artistic output, no matter what, you know, you've come through in life. And here we are, I'm calling you from New Mexico, half the time I'm based in Chicago, and we're still able to connect and, and talk music and share each other's art, you know, with the world. That really kind of sums up the whole concept of this show, really. I thought it would be great to have a community of just everything from seasoned top-notch guys down to you know beginners that just kind of have a yeah. dream because i think all that interacts well too and cut you yeah. know we all started out somewhere in a garage or wherever just kind of pounding on stuff probably driving our parents nuts and uh yep <laughs> and it just it develops into something huge that i think maybe speaks beyond the spoken word i think music's so universal um uh, it's just it's we haven't even scratched the surface of it i think 
Yeah, and that's the cool thing about you know commissioning these classical music composers that I've had write for me for Steel Pan. Um, most of them, before I talked to them, had never really heard about Steel Pan. Or if they had, they had a really specific preconceived notion as what was possible. And one of the pieces I premiered last month uh, as a guest artist at my alma mater was a piece for Steel Pan and String Quartet. You know, mm-hmm. that's not a combination you see very often. And because we were able to work, he's from uh, Baltimore and I was working in Chicago at the time, we were able to, you know, put ourselves together. And now we're sharing our collaborative work with our individual networks of people. And I've got percussion teachers and steel pan players calling me trying to get a hold of Aaron Gage, that composer, because they want this piece of music or they want him to write a new piece of music. And he's working with his other composer colleagues that are now thinking about writing pieces of music for me. So we can all, we can all share, you know, in the glory, so to speak. And my, I just got to say my favorite line from your uh, bio on your website was uh, providing someone the opportunity because they might be one listener away from being the next level. I think, I mean, that's exactly the right attitude. You can't tackle the whole world as an artist. You're not going to get 7 billion people to listen to you all at once, but one at a time or one family at a time or one city at a time is how you develop, you know, the culture around your own music. And that's uh, you know, that's a great attitude to have and that you're willing to create and share that community with people is awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, I think the journey is, is a really cool thing about it, too. Yeah, I mean, that's how we all we all develop, you know. we are, It's interesting to watch how the art develops through how we have to present ourselves or how we, you know, perceive we are perceived at any given time and we'll push ourselves in one way or the other sometimes you're pushing the networking thing sometimes you're trying to develop your skills on your instrument sometimes you're trying to develop you know your actual artistic purpose or whatever you know and they all they all play in together lately i've been thinking about beginners quite a bit and i think a lot of things that keeps that keep people from even tackling an instrument or something is the fear of Oh, humility or not being real good at first or just fear in general. I don't know. How, how do you overcome that? Well, I, I've always been an advocate of it's never too late to start learning an instrument, you know, because we all did it for ourselves to start with. <laughs> so it doesn't matter if you're good or bad. If you want to do something, you should go do it. You know, you don't say, oh, I'm going to learn bass this week and then book a show at the Coliseum in L.A. on Friday. You know, you go learn you go learn bass. You start plucking along to your favorite country song, yeah. or you know your favorite Earth, Wind, and Fire song, or your favorite jazz tune, and you just work. You know, you work your way through that. And people have, you know, and rightfully so, people have this conception of music as a presentation art form, which it is. You know, you you can't. Most people don't forever play music for themselves, but that's how we all started, even even the best players in the world didn't pick up, you know, the drums saying, I'm going to play for a million people, you know, but that, that came later. First it was, wow, this, this snare drum sounds really cool. This is fun. You know, it's very pure. And I think, you know, when people get older, it becomes, you know, the, the fear part, the not being a, an expert right away just takes over and, and, and it's unnecessary. And I've always, I've always pushed, you know, my family and friends when I started to get serious in music, 
you know, they all said, well, I wish I had played more. I wish I had continued playing the violin after I got out of school. I wish I could learn to play the bass or whatever. And there's, you know, there's no reason not to just, just do it, do it for yourself, do it for the joy and see what happens from there. If you approach something as if it's inconsequential, uh, like the invention of the telescope, the microscope, and the telephone, those were all supposed to be toys. And right. the inventor was just having a good time with the smile on his face. And I think the brain works better when you're smiling, too. But a lot of things just come out of that. I think a lot of uh, computer technology came out of video games, for instance. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Especially the stuff we're looking at now with virtual reality. You know, that that's all coming into our daily lives and that absolutely comes out of people just saying, well, this, I wonder if we can do this. This sounds kind of cool. Let's try it. You know? Yeah. Uh, and that, that's a, a beautiful metaphor for how jazz harmony developed. You know, you got guys like John Coltrane in the fifties and sixties who were saying, okay, well, I, I've played all these tunes forever, but why do they work? What happens if I change how this tune works a little bit? What if I push the harmonies here, here, and here, instead of how we've been doing it for 20, 30 years, you know, and that's, it, you know, it came out of just that curiosity, which I think is a really, again, just a really pure way to think about creating anything, you know? Yeah, 20, 30 years, more like 200 years of uh, harmony has well, to be I, this I, way, you know? Yeah, yeah. well, spe you know, speaking specifically about yeah. the American songbook, but absolutely, you yeah. know, the, the common era harmony you know, it was pretty well established by, you know, what, 1600-ish, so four or 500 years for sure. And we, you know, we continue to push what's possible with harmony and timbre and texture and all these cool things, not only in art music, but in popular music. And we, you know, work with different computers to help develop new sounds that people have never heard before, never conceived of before. We work with different combinations of instruments to make new sounds, you know, playing my steel pan with a West African pop band, for example, or playing my steel pan with uh, a bunch of other steel pans playing Rush covers. You know, we, it's always about trying that new thing and seeing what takes off and enjoying the process along the way. Uh, guys, it's just, it's infinite, the possibilities with all the above there, but even the conversation's infinite. I wish you the best. You're a pioneer. Lewis and Clark expedition of music. Now, if you could find Sacagawea on the way, it might ruin it. Yeah, because, right. Because the journey might not be <laughs> as fun with a 17-year-old woman with a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's cool. I'm, you know, it's it's nice to hear, you know, be able to tell my story and have someone respond the way you have and say that I that you can feel that I'm pushing forward. And that's, that's really what I'm trying to do. You know, there's, there's so many so many people that get quickly pulled into a rut in any art form, but in steel pan in particular, because the sound is so unique and so many people immediately identify with the Caribbean when they hear it, but there's so much more that we can do. And that's, uh, you know, that's what, that's what we're trying to do. And, and I, and I know when you say pioneer, when you say that word in particular, it hits me right in the heart because I know people personally that were there from the beginning. You know, one of my teachers, Cliff Alexis, uh, he was in Trinidad. he, got out of Trinidad when he was in his late teens, early 20s, you know, right around 1960. But when he was young, he was there witnessing the instrument being developed, you know, in the early 50s during that period of growth. You know, he's a pioneer. I'm inconsequential as far as I feel, but I appreciate and, and love that someone can see what I'm doing and certainly see at least that my intentions are good and, 
and for the you know for the good of the instrument for the steel pan. Yeah, I might even have a gig for you somewhere, a session or something. Who knows? Hey, if you find something, um, you know you've got you know how to get old of me. I'd love to do it. Radio Show with Bruce Hilliard. We'll be back with a new horizon, but until then, honor the future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. And we're all just trying to make the next day a bit better. <laughs>